Disclaimer. Please do not email us about the historical inaccuracies we are sure to make. We are not historians. We are idiots. Welcome to Anachronismo! I'm Max. I'm Noel. I'm Jackie. And I'm Chloe! A live show and now another guest host! Speaking of the live show, I just want to say thank you to the Democracy Center for having us, thank you to Impress History for inviting us, and thank you to the man in the front row who ate a sandwich out of a full-size grocery bag. He is my during, hero. During the show. <laughs> uh, I didn't notice that. Uh, person. You were too wrapped up in starlings. I was watching him eat that whole sandwich, and he is awesome. We made eye contact. <laughs> he gestured towards his sandwich. You were like, I'm full with your hands. <laughs> what, um, what kind of sandwich was it? Can tell? It looks like a sub. I, don't, I was picturing egg salad. No. There's definitely a red component to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Something red in there. Maybe tomato. Maybe blood. <laughs> the gold blood Maybe sandwich. It was a- Hand sandwich. Ah, cha, cha, cha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be laughing at my own jokes a lot. That's fine. I... <laughs> Have you met me? Yeah, um, we all, good point. We all Wait, what's a hand sandwich? <laughs> it's a sandwich like a, with a hand. <laughs> instead of a ham sandwich. Oh. Yeah. Or instead of a finger sandwich. <laughs> okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, wait, I thought, are those finger sandwiches? What am I thinking of here? <laughs> those okay. are smaller. Mm-hmm. So... Five finger sandwiches would be about one hand sandwich. So I'm going to be talking about Alfred Eli Beach and his secret subway. I am going to be talking about the Dancing Plague of 1518. That was one of the better Dancing Plagues. It was the best. (laughs) Max. I only go for the best. (laughs) Top dancers. Best plagues. (laughs) Greatest of all time goats. (laughs) Exactly. I'm going to be talking about the lesser cool dancing plague of 1881. No! You can't talk about the same Not thing. really as cool. No, no, this is not the same. This one was a lot lamer. It was just a bunch of shuffling and two groups of people infected with the plague across opposite sides of the room just staring at each other and sort of uh, shuffling around nervously trying to build up the courage to just talk to them. They're people too! I feel like I went through that. Mm. But more specifically, I will be talking about Charles uh, Domery, the man who could not stop eating, no matter how hard he tried. He, I saw nothing about dancing. Oh, we've all been there. Yeah. No, no, no one else. I think in recorded history has been <laughs> this person. Well, I, um, I get pretty hungry. Can I introduce you to a little game I like to call Pac Man? Oh, snap. Yeah. I can't beat Pac-Man. You can't beat Pac-Man for being hungry. He eats ghosts. I would try a ghost. We'd all try one. I don't think ghosts Could you are finish very... a whole ghost? I think they're not very fatty. I think it's mostly just water vapor. Yeah, but that fills you up. So you ever like a whole bottle of water? You're saying ghosts are clouds. Yeah? <laughs> they're ectoplasm, though, Noel. It's a whole different thing. Okay. It's more like mucus. Ew. Yeah. All right. That's a, that's you a wouldn't hungry enough to eat a whole ghost worth of mucus? I don't know. How so ghosts are definitely down? a delicacy somewhere. Oh, yeah. They're like oysters, except dead. Are oysters not dead? No, they're alive until you crack them open and eat them. Max! Oh, what? No! <laughs> yeah. What did you think happened with oysters? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that one's they were like 20 miles from the ocean. They stopped being alive. 
No. Because no. then they immediately become full of diseases. That's why they're so expensive. My story is about Alfred Eli Beach and his secret subway. So, Mr. Beach lived in New York City after the Civil War. So, 1850s, 1860s. Mm. I mean, it's a pretty long period of time that's after the Civil War. This is like, you know, the post-war. In, in post oh, during the Reconstruction. Obviously. Please continue. Um, he lived in Manhattan, which at the time, Manhattan was just like the lower third of Manhattan Island. Mm. was New York City. More like a boy Hatton. <laughs> Coming <Yeah>. in hot. <laughs> so it was just very crowded, very noisy. Mm-hmm. He lived uptown on, I think it was 20th Street or something. It took him a long time to get to the office because there was so much traffic. There were horses. There were omnibuses pulled by horses. There were carts pulled by horses. Mm-hmm. There were pedestrians. There were just so many people trying to get everywhere that they would have gridlock all the time and it would just take yeah. forever to get anywhere. Yeah. I do love that. The reason that modern buses are called buses is because they are precursed by omnibuses, which were just giant wagons that were pulled by horses. They were full of people. Oh, no. I do love that. I, I, I always forget that. It's a lot of congestion. Mm-hmm. Well, the horses would have allergies sometimes. How many horses were there? Uh, six. Six horses? Mm-hmm. Six would pull an omnibus. Mm-hmm. How many people could you fit on the omnibus? That I don't know. Six. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been inefficient. <laughs> Draft horses, right? I think so. I mean, they didn't volunteer. (laughs) No, Max. (laughs) I know about horses. You can't fool me. (laughs) Horses constantly volunteer. Draft horses are huge. If if you've ever done any horseback riding, if you ride on a draft horse, it's like the lazy boy of horses. (laughs) They're so squishy and comfortable. But their their hooves are... As big as dinner plates. Like a Midwestern Oh, damn. Plate. Okay. <laughs> Some big-ass plates. Yeah. Anyway, New York is super crowded. And our friend Mr. Beach, he is wealthy, smart, and an inventor. Mm-hmm. So his natural way of being is, like, problem-solving and coming up with new ideas. So he thinks to himself, we need a solution. We can either go up or we can go down. And horses... Would not like <laughs> to go up. You can't hoist a horse. You can hoist a horse, but you a horse shouldn't. is not comfortable 10 feet off the ground. <laughs> I'm just picturing it like a harness, his little legs pinwheeling. <laughs> I think giant legs, just like kicking out bricks and buildings. <laughs> That's how they used to have uh, wrecking balls back before they figured out how to cast things of iron that large. They'd swing a horse. <laughs> That's where the expression comes from, yeah. To swing a horse. <laughs> <laughs> you want to show power, just swing that horse around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Empire State Building sure does look nice. Be a shame if someone <laughs> swung a horse around. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that as a threat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it wouldn't be a reasonable thing to create a second road above the regular road, just because mm. the horses would not be happy. You'd probably have a lot of accidental deaths. Horse or human? Both, probably. Oh, Obviously. Whole omnibus full of an unknown amount of people's worth of deaths. Six, we've established. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot Twelve that. deaths. <laughs> six and six. So his his natural conclusion was that they should go underground. Should be where they make the second type of road. And he's an inventor, so he's thinking to himself, let's do something crazy. Hallmark yeah. of any true inventor <laughs> just being like, okay, let's do something really crazy. <laughs> crazy is the wrong word. Let's do something unexpected and, and innovative. Mm-hmm. 
he decides that he wants to nix the whole horse idea. So he develops a pneumatic subway, which is basically a fan-powered tube. It'll be a subway car Mm. with two fans on either side, and it'll just be pushed back and forth by these giant fans. A very blustery subway. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And he was inspired by mail tubes that had had started coming into popularity Mm -hmm. at the time. Those are great. I've always wanted to ride in a pneumatic tube, like in Futurama. I just always like them because they we go to the bank. If we brought the dog in the car, they would put, put it a in dog a tube. Tree. They put a dog tree in. Really, well, Max? Okay. We have Labradors. There's no way they can fit in there. I don't know. I didn't you know where that was going. One regular Labrador-sized piece. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're willing just... to send up five or six packages of Labrador. You know, what you could send. What's up? A hand. <laughs> you mean a severed hand? Yes. Uh, I think okay. I think <laughs> between two slices of bread, boy, I bet you weren't welcome back at that bank for a long. <laughs> I figured it was just a big tube. Right. You're on anachronismo. Oh, where rumors fly fast and heavy, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just like dogs <laughs> and horses <laughs> and big. Uh, and subway cars and pneumatic tubes. Yeah, great segue. Thank you, thank you. Tell us more. Mm-hmm. So he patents his idea in 1865. And in 1867, he makes a plywood test version. And he brings this to the American Institute Fair, which is one of those old-timey, like, everyone check out our ideas kind of fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so he builds this test thing, and it is a success. Everyone loves it. People are having a grand old time just shooting up and down. And he decides that this would be the answer to all of the congestion on Broadway, which is the busiest street in Manhattan at the time. But there's an issue. Too many people got chopped up by the whirling blades. (laughs) No, it's not a mechanical issue. Everything was fine. Of course, Union. (laughs) Different thing to say. (laughs) No. Somebody started swinging a horse around. Uh, what are these? <gasps> really? Well, Sabotage. not actually. Uh. But this was the time uh. of Boss Tweed and Tammany Hall. Basically, Boss Tweed has his thumb in all of the public transportation businesses. Mm-hmm. All of the omnibuses are paying him off. It's a real hand sandwich of his interests. Yeah. Um, so there's basically no political way that a new public transportation system that Boss Tweed isn't making a buck off is going mm-hmm. to get approved by the city. So our friend Mr. Beach, he decides that instead of that, he's going to say that he's building mail tubes. And he's going to set up pneumatic tubes for the mail. <laughs> man <laughs> so, size. Not man size. He's still saying that's for letters mm-hmm. and things. For, for big... Horse-sized letters. <laughs> I just imagine him being being like, yeah, I'm making some mail tubes. And then just big dramatic wink. <laughs> mail tubes, wink. Did you just say wink? Well, they can't see it, Max. I was doing that in character. <laughs> oh, hold on, let's take, let's take that again. Let's take, let's it again. take that again. Mail tubes, wink. Did you just say Wink. I'm Boss Tweet, and I am very suspicious about that remark of winking. Oh, there's no need to be suspicious. 
Wink. Well, the second wink has sold me. Good day to you, sir. I'm off to Tommy Gun some horses. <laughs> what? Ah, uh, the wings always get him. It was actually much simpler than that. Because Boss Tweed didn't care about the mail. He just mm. signed off on this plan without, mm. like, giving it any second thoughts at all. He was just like, this doesn't concern me? Sure, go for it. Mr. Beach gets a group of surveyors together and has them map out Broadway along the few blocks that he was going to do this. And he has them check what's underneath the roads up to, sorry, 20 feet, which is, like, way more than you would need for pneumatic tubes for mail. So people were a little like, what's going on here? <laughs> but since they had a charter to make a mail thing, no one, uh, no one really bothered them. Alfred then rents the basement of a clothing store and from there starts his secret digging project. <laughs> And Mr. Peach is also an inventor, so he needed to come up with a way that he could dig underground without being detected by anyone. So he invented... The pillow shovel. Pillow shovel. <laughs> um, it wasn't called that. The trowel. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's quieter than a hand-dug hole. Called a hydraulic tunneling shield. Whoa. And essentially, it's like a giant barrel, but the two ends are open, and... The one that's on the digging end is sharp, and it pushes in, and it, like, loosens up the dirt and things, and then your workmen are standing inside this barrel thing. Getting wildly spun. (laughs) It's not spinning. The barrel isn't spinning. Okay. So they're standing inside. The sharp end of the barrel is, like, starting to... Spin. Not spin. You're making spinning motions. (laughs) Rotate. That's a gesture. It's not rotating. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just pointing towards this end of the pointy barrel. Okay, okay. okay. All right. Wink. It's loosening the dirt. It's loosening the dirt. The men inside are protected because it's a barrel. This is not rotating. I'm just indicating the shape of the barrel. It's round. It's round. It's round. The men are inside. It's round. Uh So it's creating the tunnel as it's boring in. And they're in the tunnel. And then they're going to the end, and they're they're building the tunnel wall, and then the thing keeps moving forward. Oh. And they just, like, shove it forward that way. And then they start digging all the dirt, and they put it in the other end of the basement that they rented. Because <laughs> they can't... No one has to know. No one can know. They can't be seen taking dirt out, because no mail tube is this big. There shouldn't be this much dirt. They just, like, took handfuls of it when they left. And, like, stuffed their pockets with dirt. I think they snuck them out at night. I would have made a mail tube on the other side of it and just start <laughs> mailing the dirt off to the other location as I build the larger location. That way, if anyone asks, you're like, hey, no, this is the mail tube, and this is just the huge man-sized construction crew to build said mail tube. So why are you mailing all the dirt? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> stamp that doesn't stick to dirt. <laughs> Shut up. These barrels don't rotate. They just stand perfectly still. It's a sample. It's a dirt sample. They're testing for minerals. Look, up until this point in American history, there's been no way to mail dirt. (laughs) And I aim to change all that. So they dig, and they dig, and they secretly dig. Um, And all of a sudden, they hit a wall, an underground wall. The middle of the night, they're doing everything in secrecy. So they have to call for Alfred, and he comes down. And they're like, what do we do? There's no one we can tell about this or, like, ask for help because this whole thing is secret. So they decide to just take the wall apart, brick by brick, and build the tunnel through the wall and just hope for the best that nothing falls on top. (laughs) And it worked! (laughs) They made it. So they finished digging in 58 days. It wasn't a very long tunnel. It was 300 feet. A proof of concept that this can work underground. (laughs) 
But Alfred knows that just because it's done, they can't reveal themselves yet. Because Tweed has so much power that unless the public is super into it, this is going to be squashed immediately. So he begins making this the most ornate and lavish thing you could think of. They clear out the whole rest of that basement and turn it into a luxurious waiting room with a fountain, goldfish, art, a grand piano. <laughs> a grand piano? A grand piano. Beautiful. And they make a beautiful car that seats, I think, 26 people? There's so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just, they just make it beautiful and fantastic because they want people to be dazzled and they like use light bulb, not light bulbs, Zer- Zircan lamps. I believe, which is sort of light thing, because they want it to be bright. They want people to not be afraid <laughs> um, in this dark Don't tunnel. Worry, you could die underground, buried alive. No you one swing light. a horse in here. These <laughs> <laughs> are load-bearing ones. <laughs> so, two and a half years pass, and it's finally done. Digging only took 58 days. They spent the rest of the time making it pretty. I wonder what it sounded like. Yeah. Throw another horse in the fat. We need to go faster. (laughs) Why does that speed it up? The fans hunger for blood. No animals were harmed in the making of this episode. Just so everyone knows. These are all sound effects. <laughs> Very good, realistic, homemade sound effects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be impressed. So this thing gets a fabulous reception. Everyone is so excited. They're glad congestion is going to be over. This thing takes hundreds of thousands of trips. And people are so excited. And it's profitable. Also another fantastic thing. Um, <clears throat> and naturally, Tweed is very upset. So Alfred puts together a proposal to put to the state legislature to expand his underground subway. And immediately, Tweed puts together his own competing plan for public transportation called the Viaduct Plan. And this would be an above-ground thing like a viaduct. But Alfred already thought of that, and it wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work, but everyone's in Tweed's pockets. And uh, Tweed's proposal involved contracting to a lot of his own companies and, uh, like, destroying things. And both of them pass. (laughs) Both of them pass the legislature. And they're brought to the governor of New York and Albany. And Tweed got the governor elected, so he quickly vetoes Alfred's project and greenlights the viaduct. (laughs) God damn it. This is when Alfred could use a Batman. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I like to so, think that the governor of Albany is just the horse behind the desk. <laughs> what do you think? Nay! And he like stamps like one of his hooves has a little like no on it, and then he like goes nay. And he it's he Alfred's plans. Everyone says yes, and then the back two say maybe, and then answer unclear. Ask again later. <laughs> <laughs> and then as he walks around town, he just leaves little stamps everywhere he goes. Aww. <laughs> He probably got a little, like a little tattoo on his haunches of a of a stamp of a rubber stamp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so the governor's a My Little Pony. Yeah, yeah. This cutie mark is a stamp. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, so you know about. I know, I know about My Little Pony. Yeah, I have, I have nieces and nephews. Well, Do I have a nephew. You? Well, I have a baby. I have a young cousin. 
I teach kids. <laughs> Your story keeps apart. changing, man. I watch My Little Pony, okay? <laughs> That's fine. People there's no, it. there's okay. no shame in that. So Alfred was expecting this denial. So he spent the next year campaigning and lobbying, and everyone was still super excited about the pneumatic uh, subway. Um, thrill seekers were taking the subway. People who were just curious were taking the subway. And he was trying really hard to get dignitaries and politicians to also take the subway and just love it and advocate for it. Everyone was so worried about the political ramifications of taking the subway that Tweed was against that it no, no politicians or dignitaries ever ended up taking the tunnel. And when the next year rolled around, the governor denied it again. And that's why, to this day, we don't have subways. Yep. <laughs> well, that solves that mystery of why we go over on the viaduct. Why we actually do have horses on the second road. <laughs> <laughs> they have to wear blinders. Oh. Not to keep them on task, because they're scared. Yeah. So, by 1873, um, Tweed's exploitations and um, embezzlement from the city and the state had finally gotten public attention and were being published in the New York Times, and he was jailed. And his governor, who he had installed, decided not to run for re-election. So there was a new governor. Finally, a chance. A chance. It was approved. Hooray. <laughs> Yay. Yay. But by this time, Alfred had run out of money, and none of his investors were interested anymore. No. So it never happened. And that's why, to this day, we don't have subways. <laughs> No one gets to eat fresh because of tweed. But don't feel too bad for Alfred. Um, according to the article I read, he his personality was um, extremely altered after this. <laughs> he was a lot less interested in things. And he was a lot less witty. He didn't invent as much as he did after this. But he had his soul crushed. He had his soul crushed. Why did you preface this with, don't worry about Alfred. Everything that brought him joy in life just was quenched. He still was a great mentor to other inventors. He also um, um, An inventor mentor? Of... an inventor mentor. He was also a publisher. He published um, Scientific American, which I believe oh, still exists now. Yeah. Um, he was the son of the man who owned newspaper was but it was one of the most popular newspapers at the time and he became a very big publisher after that um and he also had some other very cool inventions that he made before the subway thing he made a typewriter and he made a typewriter in braille oh really cool it was the first one that's cool Ooh. before mm. i used to have to do braille stuff by hand but oh. now you had a typewriter to do it clickety clacker clickety clacker a uh piano of literature Oh. Wait, was that what he called the Braille typewriter, or was that a different thing? That was the typewriter. Oh, okay. The, not the Braille typewriter. I see. Piano of literature. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. That's a much more poetic way of saying it than a clickety-clacker. Clickety-clacker. <laughs> I like to imagine a situation where Boss Tweed, like, had, like... A bunch of horses dressed up like well-to-do New Yorkers just show up in the like little subway and just start kicking it apart as soon as it was like in motion. <laughs> just be like little horses with bowler hats and suits just clomping into the subway, and he's like, "Wow, we could we'd normally fit twenty-six people in here. We can only fit five or six. Okay, come on in, large four-legged New Yorkers." <laughs> and they just start going and kicking it apart. And he's like, "No, I'll never invent again." 
that's that's my story. That was very exciting, and then ended in sadness. Yeah. yeah. Poor guy. Driven from his home. Sees horses everywhere. He was not driven from his home. <laughs> he was. He didn't see horses ne- everywhere. Never invented now. Well have been. Never invented again. Lived in a box. Uh, forced to keep suggesting ideas in front of horses and have them brutally shot down time after time. Well, by the time his plan passed, people just got themselves worked up about things falling over because of digging underground. He should have told them about the wall and how that didn't collapse. (laughs) (laughs) So everything should be fine. Perfectly. Wink. One New Yorker above My retaining wall! (laughs) (laughs) I put that in to retain things. <laughs> oh, uh, now my now my building teeth are all crooked, <laughs> like, a, <laughs> like a retainer. There you go. Now we get it. Get it? Now we get it, everyone. I made a joke about my building. Wait, so were retainers for teeth named after retainers for walls, or wall retainers named after retainers for teeth? They were named after each other, like <laughs> twins. <laughs> they were born together. They were born together and they'll die together. And one glorious passage through the birth canal. That's correct. Spat out, two yeah. as one. Yeah. I can see you're well-versed in how dental work and buildings are related. Well, nothing more to see here. I'm going to go back in my building now and think about words. I like your phrase that twins are named after each other. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. Because one name gets no. named first and then the other. And then they go back and revise the first one and then the second and then the first, they go back and forth until they come to an agreement. Oh, yes, and that's why it takes so long to name a twin. That's why most twins develop their own secret language, just variations on their names. Hey, guys, what about dancing plagues? What about dancing plagues? Oh, uh... <laughs> I wasn't ready for this question. <laughs> well, now I... Wasn't ready for that quick-witted back <laughs> Not great with... It's fine. Guys, I want to talk to you today about an event that happened in 1518 called the Dancing Plague of 1518. When did it happen? (laughs) Max! What month? Use your listening ears. But what month? Mm -hmm. July. And what was it? It was a dancing plague. And And where? Where? That wasn't in the title. So... Here's what happened. There's all these people. They're hanging out in Strasbourg, living their lives. Strasbourg, Germany? Strasbourg, Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a pretty cool place. A border there between Germany and France. And uh, so there's some crossover in culture. These people were hanging out, living their lives. But it was also 1518, so there were peasants. And they were poor and hungry. There was a famine going on. So... They didn't have much to do, and someone put on a record. <laughs> someone put on a record. And Things just got crazy. Record scratching, like oh, like sneak up in like this church bell tower and like flip a bell upside down, and you see her like as like they put the needle down, and everyone looks up. 
Has the record been invented? <laughs> <laughs> you know that new technology you've been looking for? Or listen to this! The photograph oh, was no. invented in post-Civil War. <laughs> oh, no! Then what were they listening to, Jackie? I don't know! Magic. Mm, some sort of wonderful disc. Oh, it's probably a compact disc. That, yeah. 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 Those are old, mm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen one in years. I've got some in my car. Talk about it later. Anyway, <laughs> listen. So this lady, Frau Trophea. Frau Trophea. Yeah. Frau Trophea. Frau Trophea. Frau Trophea. Frau Trophea. So Frau Trophea steps out onto the street one day and just starts dancing, like in the street. And people are like, "Oh, that's cute. That's fun. What's she doing? Hanging out." Cool. But then she didn't stop for several days. What style of dance? I'm picturing Tarantellas. I don't know what that is. That's very high energy. Isn't that a spider? It's also a Spanish dance. And you're supposed to to dance it once you've been bitten by a spider so you don't die from spider venom. That's what... Okay. That's what Tarantella is. Yeah. Wait, really? That's yeah. That's come up four? on the podcast before. I think so. So the Tarantella, yeah. we've decided. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or a polka, maybe? It is Germany. Ah. Yeah, I just That would be dope. If it was, like, an established dance already, or if they were just kind of, like, swaying to the... Like well, here's, here's, what it, here's what my research has come up with. So it was actually dancing. Mm. Oh. It wasn't weird they're having a seizure on their feet kind of thing. Yeah. It was like, it was actual dancing. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned this because she starts dancing and she continues to dance and after a week she is still dancing. Wow. And alive though, somehow. Yes. Mm. Still, still going. She eating while she dances? I don't know. I, I guess not. I mean like, when you're in the zone. The dance zone. The dance zone. I, would have to stop though to dr- or did she drink and eat while she's dancing? I was like, picturing her like with a turkey leg and like a goblet, just like but like she keeps moving her her hands and keeps like having like can't quite get her mouth to the turkey leg with just the, just the right time because the head bobs are part of the dance, so just like tiny nibbles, oh, no. most of it's flying off. It's like a sticking carrot situation but with her own limbs. Oh. And she's eating sticks, yeah. <laughs> what? So this really reminded me of this old reality show. I think it was on MTV, where these people had to live like it was the 70s. Mm-hmm. But what? there were, like, these random rules where at any time, any time of day, any point, no matter what you were doing, they would pipe in the hustle music, and you would have to get up and dance the hustle. I, I swear it's real, because I don't know why I made this up. <laughs> Maybe it was a dream you had. It yeah. could have been a dream, but like, I'm pretty sure This would sure be a delightful a party game to play. <laughs> but it would just be like, everyone would be asleep, and all of a sudden the hustle music would start playing. Oh, that's to, like, mean. Get up and do the dance. That's not very so nice. So they tortured these yeah. people. But oh, there was some no. sort of prize, because it was a reality show. You gotta hustle for your prizes. Mm-hmm. Guys, listen. What's up? She was dancing... And then other people started to join her. So like 34 people mm. after a couple of weeks. Someone who dances for seven days cannot be wrong. <laughs> Come, Jean-Claude, let us dance with her. Apparently it was mostly women. Oh. So. Okay. So maybe it was more of a... Come, Jean- <laughs> Jean-Claude. Yes. Mm. That. Okay. Or maybe it could have been a rebellion against gender norms of the time shown through... 
dance as a oh way to uh, fuck off this. tradition and uh, do something for themselves. It's a feminist spin. Mm-hmm. So people started to join in, and then by August, there were like hundreds of people. That's there were like crazy. 400 people. Constantly dancing. Constantly dancing. There are clear records that this happened (laughs) and that these people were dancing. There's nothing about, like, nobody got any quotes from the dancers. Excuse me, miss. Miss, can you... Can you come back? Miss, how about you? Can you... Okay, uh, I'll I'll move the mic around. Just move a little bit less. Just move a little bit less. Do it like a two-step? No? Okay. Miss, Miss Quill, it's just... I can't... The ink isn't... uh, Damn. Damn. I'll just Damn. sketch it. <laughs> oh, I was assuming they had they had a microphone. Uh, I was too at first, and then I was just like, okay, we already given them a record player. We can't keep improving their lives this much. Oh, We're going to cast a time paradox. Oh, no. Did they ever stop? Uh, or are they yeah, dancing still? Very day. <laughs> Some of the nobles were like, oh, man. This looks rad. What's happening? No, the, the opposite. They were concerned. That they weren't dancing and they wanted to. <laughs> Why could I be this happy? I have money. Uh, if only I didn't have all this gout. If only. You know how you solve that is you eat bird hearts. That's what they believed. Uh, and I learned that. <laughs> for gout or for dancing? For gout. Okay. I learned that from... Uh, a movie with Gerard Depardieu. Who just ate a bunch of bird hearts live on screen. <laughs> no, it wasn't for him. <laughs> he convinced someone else to. <laughs> he, he dared someone to eat a <laughs> Don't you trust me, Gerard Depardieu? No. Now eat these bird hearts. <laughs> it was historical fiction. Oh. It's true, but with a fun twist. <laughs> Oh, boy. Eat this bird heart. <laughs> Eat this bird heart. <laughs> Pluck this peacock heart right out of its yeah. chest. So what did these nobles decide? Uh, so the nobles decided that... Is it going to be a footloose situation? Hmm. Or is it going to be a roadhouse situation? Or cut everyone's feet off situation. No, <laughs> it's going to be a terrible medieval diagnosis situation. Oh. So before it gets into the terrible part, when you said Footloose, I was imagining like, <laughs> this person shows up like all angry and dancing at a warehouse and starts dancing to this music and you know, like does flashbacks to their life and stuff. But then it goes on for like a month <laughs> and they're just by themselves in this warehouse, <laughs> just dancing and shuffling around. Their eyes getting increasingly frantic as it keeps cutting to closer and closer <laughs> shots of their face as they get more and more concerned when they can't stop. Oh, no. Here's what they did. They decided that they were suffering from hot blood. Mm. We talked about this. Hot blood. Oh, you gotta poke holes in them so the steam gets out. Gotta feed them a diet of fish, according to medieval spice diets, because those are cold and wet, and those will wet and cold up the humors. You get a fish heart. Yep. (laughs) You didn't trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, I am Gerard Depardieu, and you need... To cool your blood with a good fish. I don't know who this actor is, but I can tell you're doing a spot on impression of them. You know, who, wait a minute. I was getting a real Keenan from all that as uh, Pierre. Pierre de Pierre. Is it, is it like 
you're no. in the bathtub yeah. or something. Hold on a second. I need to know. Your escargot. That's it. So instead of the normal cure of bloodletting, mm-hmm. they decided that they just needed to dance it out. So they did nothing. Dance that fever. Nope. They did better than that. They encouraged it. Ah. They they opened uh, they opened music halls. They brought musicians. They built a giant stage for people to dance on. So they did civic improvements as medicine. Yeah. And did it work? Did they dance it out? Well. Or did the plague spread even further? So many of the dancers died. Oh. <laughs> what? What were you expecting, uh, James? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, uh, so they, they not, well, Frau Trophe, Frau Trufa. Frau Truff. danced for six days straight. And died. Died. She died after six days. There, yeah. That's pretty impressive. There's That's one, her stamina. There's one theory that she's continued dancing after she died. It's cool dancing skeleton. I guess so. Not even death could stop this bouncing and trapsing around. (laughs) Fun news! Fun news! Cut to a warehouse with a skeleton angrily dancing. Keep it in the grave. It's It's okay. Keep it in the So how did it stop? Did everyone just die? A lot of them died. It didn't end until September. July through September. That's the whole summer. It's hot out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People are getting dehydrated. And, like, people are dying left and right, and you're still dancing. Like That's why it's a plague. Yeah. Instead of just, yeah. like, a cool a cool day. A cool good day for a having cool fun. cool way to go. That's yeah. so morbid, though, to be like, oh, our peasants are dying from dancing. Let's build them a stage to die. <laughs> so they can dance it out. I, don't, I mean, I think they were trying to help unless they were evil. It's always a possibility. Always a possibility with nobles. But, Real Cruella de Vil. Um, a lot of the dancers were taken to a mountaintop shrine to pray for absolution. 1500s, very superstitious time. Mm-hmm. Well, I would not have guessed that. Really? Max! <laughs> People were ridiculous. Yeah, and went to a mountaintop shrine to dance away the dance. Yeah. yeah. So there's this saint... Saint, Saint Dantialon. Saint Vetus. Vitus? Vetus. Either. Sh- I've heard it both sh- ways. Shvitus. Shvitus. Saint Shvitus was a Catholic saint who they believed had the power to curse you with a dancing plague. That's fucked up. Wow. Yeah. Did they saint they, does they, not. Before the they knew started? about the saint before the party started. <laughs> And so there's, like, a lot of superstition about that. A couple other theories. There's also a theory that there was a toxic mold. They always blame it on the toxic mold. They blame the Salem Witch Trials on the toxic mold. Yeah. The Dancing Plague on the toxic mold. It's a real scapegoat. I think it's terrible human behavior. But it's it's called Ergot? Ergot. Is that it? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Ergo. Yeah, because there was a particularly bad... um, the grain, they think the grain was stored improperly, and so it developed on the grain and was baked into their bread, and then everybody ate this fungus, which causes crazy hallucinations. Delicious. Yeah. I, I, I think that's malarkey. Oh. That's my that's my take. I think it was rebellion. Have you ever had any? Ergot? Yeah. No. Well, then how do you know? <laughs> no. 
Let's get we, some rye in here, people. We oh, put ergot in your tea. Oh, no. There's a whole, that's another reason I just don't. Oh, no, Jack, you're drinking the tea. Oh, <laughs> Jack, no. that was for Max. No, it's for me. That's why Jackie, it was an hour before Max came here. Jackie, I told you want some tea, and you said no. No, Jackie, listen to me. It's fine because it was well. Not fine. Let me redact that. (laughs) They don't. A lot of people don't think that it was the ergot. Mm-hmm. I definitely thought you just said a lot of people don't think it was. I'm, t- I'm sorry. I don't enunciate very well. Listen, listen to me. Yeah. What's up? So here's what happened. There was a famine going on at the time. How would they have had rye to eat anyway? And a lot of people think that it was just a stress-induced psychosis. So people were, like, hungry and depressed, and they were just like... F it. I'm going to dance this out. Napoleon Dynamite. That is the main plot of Napoleon Dynamite. He dances himself to death. No! <laughs> so did anything else happen with this plague? No. Danced it out? Yeah. That was it. And that, But it wasn't an isolated incident. Mm-hmm. There were other dancing plagues. This one was just the best or the worst, depending on how you look at it. Body count. Highest body count. Okay. So the, the worst. worst. <laughs> yeah. <almost> yeah. <laughs> the blurst. Four over 400 people. <laughs> Wait, 400 people died? Yeah. Jeez. What? There weren't even a lot of people back then. Right? <laughs> There's like 500 people. That's a large percentage. That's yeah, most of them. But uh, they were poor, so the nobles. Just ate their hearts. Just ate their hearts. Yeah. Decadent. Well, that's horrifying. Yeah. Thank you. What a delight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting stuff. If you had a psychosomatic plague, what would it be? One that, something that I would want to do until I died. Something you'd want to spread to everybody. And not necessarily until you die, but okay. it would have to be a plague, yeah. I'm okay. pretty sure Noel would just tell really bad jokes until everyone was, and then everyone just dies. Um, Laughing. That would probably be them killing themselves. <laughs> And not them just like like just waiting it out for it mm. to stop, and it just never stops. They build all sorts of uh, oh, open mics <laughs> and <laughs> open joke halls. Hey, everybody, I would infect the world with love. So is that like airborne or injected or mm-hmm. just like what mold is like us? spit? Okay. In people's spit. mouths. <laughs> so, yeah. so the symptoms would be spitting in people's mouths. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Kissing. Right. <laughs> Hugging. Yeah. Smooching. Sharing cups. Frenching. Just loving. Making out. Yeah. No. I would make out with everyone. Nice. You heard it here Your first. first. Don't tell anyone. Uh, well, this is a public podcast, so. Man! <laughs> you knew the risk when you You're took the job. You're breaking my heart. Uh, sorry, no, that's, that's, the, that's three, the nobility. That's three times now. Broken for good. Oh, I'm sorry. I would have uh, making comic books be the plague I infect everyone with, because then I get to read a lot of comic books. That's smart. Thanks. So you're making people sick for your benefit. I'd I'd have the antidote. Max, (laughs) are you a noble? Yeah, you really sound like it. In this you sound like a noble. Because you're not making any comics. You're just profiting off of people's. Trying to make the monkeys dance. Uh, Um. 
Uh, look over there. Huh? <laughs> oh, he's gone. Oh, he's running in place. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he thought of everything. <laughs> so, no, what's your story? Well. Speaking of eating hearts. Eat your go. heart out. There is a guy, Charles Domery, who was, I think it's safe to say, one of the hungriest people who ever lived. <laughs> this guy's whole life revolves around food and how much food he can eat and in what forms he ate it in. It's insane. So I'm just going to jump. sound too different. Okay. Does From he have a journal? Day. What's that? Does he have a journal? No, he was illiterate. Oh, no. <laughs> now I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else found him. Yeah, he was. Um, there was a scientific committee that studied him to see how much he could eat. Did he have a say in this? Or they just yeah, like he was did. totally fine with it because he just got food as much like as much food as he wanted. <laughs> I I really feel like it's not so much a scientific committee as just like a f- bunch of fascinated people with notebooks being like, "Oh man, let's see if he eats." Let's see if he eats fifteen pizzas. Who can get fifteen pizzas? So it was like a bunch of teenage boys. Yeah. And girls. All right. A bunch of people who are really into vor but don't know yet. So Charles grew up in a large family that he said, like... Was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> no, that his... Um, that he was one of nine brothers and that they all and his father, like, all had this voracious appetite. Scientists think, in retrospect, that he might have had a uh, disease called polyphagia, which is a disease for excessive appetite, but there are no records of anyone having, like, what you're all about to hear, (laughs) uh, what this man did. So, uh, his story kind of starts, this is late 18th century, he is in the Prussian army. I believe there was either a famine or just the army did not have a lot of rations, And so he surrendered to the French army because he was hoping just to get more food. And and this French officer who he surrendered to, like, rewarded him for surrendering with a large melon that he just ate everything. He ate the rind. I was picturing one big gulp, and it's like a cartoon. It's like it's all the way down his throat, distends it, and it's got a melon in his belly. And then he spits out the seeds. Yeah. Like a... Machine like gun. A timing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ding, 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 Real ding, ding, Yeah. yeah. He, so he then just surrendered to the French army and just joined the French army. So, like, mm-hmm. no, like, country loyalty or anything. It was just the French gets recognized that he was eating so much that they gave him double rations. And then every, like... He was, was he fat? Like No, he wasn't. So he was recorded, he was six foot three... But he was normal weight, no illnesses in his family, except, like, smallpox that he had, I think, had been sick as a child. so much energy he's eating all that food. Well, I'll describe his sleeping habits later, because those are messed up (laughs) what happened. But He has to poop so much, he can't go to sleep. No, but he was, like, physically, he looked pretty normal. He didn't really have, like... Any sort of were more worn like, down discoloration or like when doctors checked, they described like his skin was in good condition, like no like mouth disease that they could see of, no family illness. He just ate and ate and ate. So he joins this French army. He spends all his money on food. Whenever food was short, he would eat like four to five pounds of grass. Just I'm sorry, brass? Grass. Oh my god. Like just eat grass. 
<laughs> like a horse. He could have been a horse. But he also ate... Maybe he was a horse. <gasps> We've been that talking about a horse this whole time. Um, n- Wait, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Charles. That's a horse name. That's, That's a horse name. Oh, no. He, well, something that I don't think horses do, he ate... Like a horse? 174 what? Fill in the blank. Horses. No. What? Tax. No. (laughs) Oats. No. One Uh, year he Grapes. Apples. Nope, nope. Frenchmen. Nope. Cows? Brothers. Nope. Hearts. Nope. Goats. You're all getting, starting to get closer to that. No, not the fingernails. Is it meat? Yes. Okay. 174 cats in one year of being in the French army. Double ration, spent all his free money on food, could eat four to five pounds of grass if there wasn't enough food around, and in the course of a year ate 174 cats. (laughs) That's a cat every other day. (laughs) That's a lot. I just imagine him like, like visiting someone's home and be like, okay... Hey, do you have a cat here? <laughs> I, was, I was picturing, uh, so uh, we'll have dinner ready soon. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Oh, is this, oh, uh, the, who's this? Oh, who's this little fellow? Oh, that's our cat, uh, Senor Whiskers. Uh, oh, he's, he's a very friendly. Oh, cool. Hola, Senor uh, Where Whiskers. is Senor Whiskers? Oh, I'm sorry. I got, I got worried the food wouldn't be here soon enough. <gasps> I renamed him Appetizer. <laughs> oh, no. No, Senor uh, Whiskers. No, just stay here in this room and don't eat these cats. <laughs> I can't. I'm going to be back in five minutes, and I count five cats in here. A cat per minute. So goes back in his mouth full of cat tail, poking out the end, he's slurping it up like spaghetti. So oh. do you think he ate a cat every other day, or did he, well, like, eat two cats one day and then skip I a couple? I made 174 cats in one <laughs> Crazy I only did, day. like, one, like, uh, a little bit of research. I'm going to read everything I can find on this person, because this is crazy. Like, I just read this, and I was like, this can't, like, when I first, like, read about it, I was like, this cannot be real. Mm-hmm. And it all is! So, another thing I will say about him getting checked out, like, he was normal, like, temperament and talking to, like, he was illiterate, but 18th century, 19th century at this point, so... Yeah. No one looks up for all those kids. And, like, no, like, mental illness, no history of illness in his family. And I want to preface this for this next story. So you thought the cats were weird? Yeah. And you thought the eating grass was weird? Yes. And (laughs) all of this stuff. So he was on a French ship, the Hochi. The Hoche? That's not Hochi. It's Hoche. Osh. Osh. Mm, On the ocean. Exactly. How is it spelled? H-O-C-H-E. Yeah, Yeah, Osh. Osh. So he's on this ship, and he's part of the French army. They come under fire. A sailor has his leg shot off. He picks up the sailor's (laughs) leg and starts eating it. And his fellow crewmates have to wrestle it away from him and throw it into the ocean. Which I can't even imagine like, this poor guy's like, no, wait, maybe they'll be able to throw it back up. It's like, nah, Charles has got it. Charles is eating it. You know, that French, that northern Maine French accent that I was doing. Aye, Charles got the leg, and oh, he's not it. Oh, old Charlie's gonna eat that leg, though. 
<laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Charles. <sighs> just started, like, leg it shut off. <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> just like right like, there? Yeah. yeah like a, it's still kicking, oh still bleeding. Like a naughty dog. Oh, just. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Give it, <laughs> give it. Oh my god! Uh, like reading about this guy, I was just like, this guy is nuts. But he wasn't. He wasn't nuts. He I was mean, just super hungry. Well, I don't. They, I mean, <laughs> mental illness was not super defined. No, yeah. Time. yeah, it was pretty poorly defined. It was. Or like, oh, is this person frothing in the mouth? They're fine. Nope. I'm Ooh. picturing that leg got shot off and it like arced through the air and he like <laughs> leaped up and caught it in his mouth like a frisbee. <laughs> Good there's no boy. there's no rule in the book that says a man can't play leg ball. Oh. I was also thinking about it too. I was trying to think what wording of that exact quote I was gonna use. And then you started talking, I was like, no, wait, he's doing one. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Dope. Yeah. So I think I survived. So Charles, Charles, Charles. boy, Charlie. Eventually, whatever uh, battalion he was, or like all eaten up. <laughs> one last man. That pause made me think I'd guessed it. Um, no, he was. Uh, no, I was looking to see who had captured him. He was captured by the Royal Navy, and so he was a prisoner of war. So he. Came to the attention of okay, this is the longest name for like an organization I've ever seen. It was the Commissioners for Taking Care of Sick and Wounded Seamen in the Care and Treatment of Prisoners of War. Like, <laughs> that's the organization. Or snappy title. Kiss a bit of a pop. Yeah. Well, that would have ended yeah. with a pow instead of a pop. Dang. Uh, Almost had it. Perfect crime. Well, cutting that out. Go on. But, he immediately, as a prisoner, got put on double rations because he was eating so much food. And yeah, his captors were nice to him. Do you think he was like... Were terrified, probably. <laughs> See, after he ate the first other prisoner, they were uh, putting him on double rations right away. I know I keep going back to cannibalism, but there's no way this guy wasn't a cannibal. Trying to eat that leg. By definition. But, like, how do you think he asked for the ration? Do you think he was like, hey... I just finished this meal and I'm still hungry. Can I have some more? Or do you think that he was like... Maybe he like ate the walls or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just like, more! More! <laughs> Here's the thing. This is where he started out his double rations. He got up to ten times the amount of rations that a normal prisoner gets, which is... How does a prisoner afford that? I, I, well, I mean, ten prisoners, I guess. Mm. They had enough food for an extra ten prisoners it would be fine but i don't know like the ration for that was 26 ounces of bread half a pound of vegetables and two ounces of butter or six ounces of cheese a day times 10 is how much he would eat on a daily basis and he was still hungry 60 ounces of cheese 60 ounces 60 ounces of cheese serving is 20 ounces of butter 10 pounds of vegetables and 26 ounces, 32 to 2 pounds, about it's 18 pounds of bread a day, give or take. <laughs> bread makes you fat. Not him. Fat. Not him. But the thing is, he was still too hungry, and he started eating rats in the prison, and he ate the prison cat because the cat had no more rats to catch. Oh, no. was yeah, he, he was took crazy. the cat's that's, job. That's the rest. Yeah. And, and then, then he, he ate, ate the, the cat. cat. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, no. oh, insult to injury. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I love I love the idea that you immediately phrased it as he took the cat's <laughs> He did. Yeah. The cat had one job. Yep. That's what he was there for. The cat probably walked up to him and put his head right in his mouth and out you're, of sheer depression. You're much better than I am. You're a far I, better cat than I am. Bow to the master. And as is cat tradition, you must now eat me. <laughs> so this was also not enough for Charles. So he started eating the medicines of prisoners in the camp infirmary. Like, if a prisoner was refusing to eat medicine, he would just start eating their medication <laughs> and didn't get sick from any of it. And then he was still hungry. So 10 rations of food, rats, cats, medicine. And he started eating the prison candles because they were tallow candles. So they would have been made out of animal fat. So he just started eating candles, too. <laughs> it's like that old Looney Tunes cartoon with the goat that eventually eats the goddamn moon. Yeah. Oh, oh. it's. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it's it's a thing. This guy, like, I love, I love, just running around windmilling his arms and just plunging stuff into his belly. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, this man is horrifying. He. Why was he? Why? So, this. Is when he came up to the attention of the Kamalapau. Oh, the really long distributing Because he just became such a subject of fascination in this prison <laughs> that I'll I'll describe his sleep schedule, like what happened, because that was the first thing they noticed was weird about it. I'm pretty sure it was that was the first thing. Yeah. Not so, him eating a cat. So. I'm pretty sure it'd be like this guy is crazy or he has some weird disease. We should just Nate kill him. Did he eat the cat whole? Uh, it said that of the 174 cats he'd eaten previously, it said he just would leave the skin and bones. Okay, I was imagining him. Uh, I was imagining him like taking it by the tail, like lowering it in his mouth, and then like pulling it out, and it's just a cat skeleton. <laughs> That'd be impressive. It's a cool party trick. Um, but no, they... Tied in a knot. They studied his sleep habits. Like the cherry I know you meant... I still felt bad to picture. He, he would go to sleep at around 8, and he would just start sweating, like, really heavily Meat for sweats. two hours. <laughs> and he would wake up... Did he poop himself in his sleep? No, he sweat out the poop. I guess he would poop okay. constantly. He would go to sleep at 8, but he wouldn't be able to sleep for a few hours because he would be sweating profusely. Then he would sleep for a few hours. At one, he would wake up really hungry and then just eat as much as possible. And then he would go to sleep and start sweating again. And then he would like wake up at five or six a.m. and then like get a few more hours of sleep. Like it was just as weird. Diabetes? Like what's going on? I don't. I don't know. He just. Possessed by a goddamn demon, apparently. Yeah. yeah. So this is the diet that they started testing out on him. And this food is in total. Okay. They, on a like daily basis, would give him... I just gotta 60 find the numbers. ounces of cheese. Are you but, jealous or horrified? A little of both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Wisconsin, so okay. this means a lot to me. Yeah. So he could keep your your state afloat single mouthedly. Oh my god! Yeah. All of our artisan cheesemakers would be in business for eternity. No, or they'd go out of business immediately. When he died, when he ate them. Oh no! <laughs> 
Another thing that they observed that was unusual about him, number two, if we're not counting the fact that he was eating prison cats and stuff, mm. is that he would get sick if he ate cooked meat. Like, that was one of the things that, like, he really did not like. He didn't like anything, like, boiled or cooked meat. So, all the meat that I'm about to describe to you, he would eat raw. The cats, raw. Was he a but... Wendigo? Jeez. <laughs> I don't know, man, but... Is it possible he had a tapeworm? Was all tapeworm? Was he a tapeworm? <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> 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 Sorry, what? <laughs> that joke got away from me. I don't know. Yeah, because I realized I know very little about tapeworms. I'm just like, I can't make something. <laughs> so one experiment, Charles ate, was fed over the course of a day without defecating, urinating, or vomiting. He was fed 16 pounds of raw cow udder, raw what? beef. Udders? Uh, uh, raw uh... cow's udder, yeah. Okay. Sixteen pounds cows? of how many cows? Well, no, no, sorry, get... sorry. It was a it was a mix of things. Sixteen pounds in total. Okay. Sixteen pounds of raw cow udder. Sixteen pounds of raw cow's udder, raw beef, and tallow candles, and then four bottles of porter. And he ate all of it. He like just in one course without like getting sick, without having to go to the bathroom. At lunch at school, where you would just like take all your leftover food and mush it all together and like pour milk into it and make a little soup and like dare people to eat it. No. No. School did you go to? Uh, I can't tell you because that's an internet security question. Oh, okay. So this experiment, breaking it down into time, uh, he got woken up at 4 a.m. and right in 4 a.m. in the morning, he ate. Four pounds of cow udder. Just Why cow udder. <laughs> I don't know. Why is that they were experimenting. So then at nine <laughs> at nine in the morning he... I'm I'm just picturing him taking one and slurping it out like a like a rubber glove full of meat, and then he's got just got the empty cow udder bag. <laughs> like a moose bag. What? What's a moose bag? What's a moose bag? When you're pouring moose, like chocolate moose. Oh yeah, yeah, just like, like a that. Bag? Yeah. Yeah, like that. Anyway, <laughs> 4 a.m., four pounds of raw cow udder. And at 9 a.m., they gave him five pounds of raw beef, 12 tallow candles, another well, a pound of candles, and a <laughs> bottle of porter, and he ate it. Then at 1 p.m., he was given another five pounds of beef, another pound of candles, and three bottles of porter. Why did they give him candles? <laughs> because the candles were made out of animal fat. Yeah, but they could have just given him the animal fat. Like, there's a lot of work that goes into making a candle. It's time-consuming. Yeah, but they're so convenient and bite-sized. I mean, they seem to have a lot of udders lying around. Yeah, I'm just picturing him just taking one and just putting it on there. Shoop! And out so, the <laughs> But nothing, like, they they constantly, they fed him in uh, different increments just to, like, monitor his vitals. No change in his pulse. No change in his body temperature. Didn't like he was like a robot. He was just pretty much a robot that they threw food into, and nothing changed Did about he have him. Emotions or a personality? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. He said like uh, they would give him all this food, uh, like on this day that they gave him all that food. They said that <laughs> put him back in his cell <laughs> a little after six, where he was recorded being of particularly good cheer, danced around, smoked his pipe, and drank another bottle of porter. But um, 
Yeah, so they don't know what caused it, and there's not really too much known about what happened to him after he was released from the prison. Yeah, I mean, he he had something going on. Did he have any other hobbies? Um, Didn't have time. Yeah. I mean, he would eat four or five pounds of grass if there was what? just nothing to do. Like, do you think a conversation with him was like... From what I read, it didn't... Like, he grew up in a large family... He was in, like, the army. He was, like, in with these other... Like, it didn't sound like anything that was said, like, made him sound like some, like, kind of weird social outcast, except for the whole eating cats and Sailor's leg. I bet that sailor didn't want (laughs) to talk to him for a while after that. But, like, there was nothing, like, about it that seemed like... It was like, oh, this guy's, like, crazy. He's, like, muttering on He's going crazy. He was like, yeah, he smoked his pipe danced about, loved to have a full belly of food. Yeah, it's just so bizarre. That... I just think, picture him, like, sitting there with a cat leg, a cat thigh in his hand. Like, have you horrible. ever tasted cow water? What a delight. Yeah, but five pounds at a time. It tastes oh. bovine. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh. oh, no. Oh. And the sandwich. I'm just picturing them like in oh, war, would have eaten a hand like loading him onto a catapult and, and like hurling him at an enemy mouth first. <laughs> and it's like cartoon piranhas. He just goes and skeletonizes people instantly. <laughs> Sir, we have a we have a new special weapon we want to bring to the battlefield. If we're gonna destroy the enemy. Oh, it will devour it. <laughs> That's an odd choice of words. <laughs> Is it, though? Yes. Wink. All right, well, you wink, so I'm intrigued. <laughs> How did he die? He ate uh, no records. <laughs> yeah, but that is a, oh, dis- be a poetic he ending. Disappeared. And mm-hmm. He disappeared. He wasn't a human at all. He aroboroast. What's, oh. What is that? A mythological snake that eats its own tail. Mm. You're tail smart. Thing. Yeah, thank you. If you want, I can read one of the doctor's notes from Please. serving him. Yes. So, Dr. J. Johnston... <laughs> The eagerness with which he attacks his beef when his stomach is not gorged resembles the ferocity of a hungry wolf, tearing off and swallowing it with canine greediness. When his throat is dry from continued exercise, he lubricates it by stripping the grease off the candles between his teeth, which he generally finishes at three mouthfuls, and wrapping the wick like a ball, string and all, sends it after at a swallow." Sounds like a poem. (laughs) He can, when no choice is left, make shift to dine on immense quantities of raw potatoes or turnips, but from choice would never desire to taste bread or vegetables. Wow. Yeah. So he's a meat guy. And and he described that his whole family had been like this, that his father would eat a ton of food, that his eight brothers uh, would also eat a lot. Like been broke all the time. It must have yeah. been a fucking plague on the land. <laughs> yeah. This guy just, I don't know, reading this story, besides the whole, oh, I have a cat, and seeing that he ate 174 cats is... Not even in his life in a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many cats. Right? He betrayed his country just to go to an army that had more food. This is mercenary, just paid in rations. You, know, you do what you gotta do. You know they say an army marches on its stomach. I, I understand being hungry, so I get it. Basically the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I'm an athlete, so I eat more. Okay. <laughs> 
So when you when you lie down to sleep, you sweat for two hours. <laughs> yeah, count on account of all the cardio I'm doing. <laughs> Running through people's dreams, <laughs> making out with all of them. Yeah. Well, that's gonna do it for us this week. Christ, that story. Stay hungry, everybody. Stay hungry. For history. And food and cats. Mm -hmm. Lots of cats. Mm -hmm. Too many cats. So many cats. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a review on whatever pod listening software you use. Helps us find new people. And if you want to contact us, send us a historical story. We're on Twitter and Gmail, and we have a Facebook page. Let us know if you've ever eaten a cow water. Yeah, please. Let us know what that's like, just like, texture-wise. Is it spongy? Is it delicious? Is it good? <laughs> Any of those things. <laughs> also, be sure, like, for historical matching sake, make sure to eat it raw. Yeah. Just raw cow udder. Raw. Five pounds if you can manage it. Tell us if there's still milk left in there. We want to know. Oh, no. Are you upset because it's wasted milk or because it's gross? <laughs> A little of both. <laughs> I care about dairy. Mm-hmm. I carry about dairy. Ha ba ba ba. Ha cha cha cha. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us this week, Chloe. Logan of Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, carry for dairy. Carry for dairy. This was super fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having yeah. me. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Well, if you're in the Boston area, I'm on Face Off at Improv Boston, so you should come check that out 10 p.m. on Saturday nights. Also, find me on Twitter at Clodge23. C-H-L-O-J-23. Yep. Nice. And then my Instagram is Clojo23. That's going to do it for tonight. I'm Max. I'm Noel. I'm Jackie. And I'm Chloe. And we'll see you next time here on Anachronismo. Anachronismo.